I'm Jess Bjorling, and this is the Jess for Moms podcast, episode 17, Sleep 2.0. Welcome to the Jess for Moms podcast. I'm Jess Bjorling, and here we talk about all the ways you can prepare for and thrive in the postpartum and new mom stage. There are a lot of resources for taking care of your baby, and while that is very important, this podcast is different. This is a resource just for moms, a resource that will help you take great care of yourself while taking great care of your baby. All right. I hope everyone had an awesome Thanksgiving weekend with family or friends. I had a great time visiting my in-laws in New York and had a little break for a week from podcasting, but I'm back and I'm ready to talk about sleep again. I know that the last episode that we did was about sleep, but after finishing the last episode, I just felt like there was more to share and more than I wanted to cover. So that's what we're going to be doing today. And last week we talked about how everyone warns you that you won't sleep. And the main advice that at least I got and that I feel like a lot of people get was to sleep when the baby sleeps, which again, I talked about this last week. It's not bad advice. It's just not always reliable. You don't always know if that's going to work out or if your baby's going to sleep well or if your schedule is going to permit that. So we talked about some tips and some of those involved how to start by getting good sleep while in the hospital, to um, sleep with a sound machine, and prioritizing getting at least one nap in a day, which is the most important one, I think. We dive into that more deeply and how to go about doing that and making sure that happens. Um, Another tip we talked about was taking a newborn sleep class, which was a game changer for us, even with our second child. I love taking care of babies class. And I walk through all of that. And then the last thing is that we talked about was using intentional thoughts to help you through this stage of not sleeping. So listen to that episode to learn more about those tips if you haven't already. But it turns out <laughs> after, even after sharing those tips that I just have more to say about sleep. Um, it's obviously, it's a huge part of the postpartum and newborn stage, and it can be one of the most challenging parts. And it was for me, and I've done a lot of research and a lot of experimenting in this area because of that. And the purpose of the last episode was to remind you that there are ways, even in that stage, that you can improve your experience with sleep. And it won't be as wonderful as sleeping through the night, but because But just because that's not possible doesn't mean it still can't be improved, that there aren't ways that you can make it better than it otherwise would be. And like I said, I talked about a lot of those ways in the last episode. But today, I want to talk a little bit about why it's so important to prioritize sleep. And to illustrate this, my friend a little while ago sent me the coolest study from 2016, and I wanted to share some of that with you because I found it really, really interesting. And in fact, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes so that if you're interested and want to read more about it, you can. But basically, they found that if your sleep is disrupted through the night, 
just regardless, not just for postpartum individuals, but for anyone. If you as a human, if your sleep is disrupted through the night, it causes inflammation in your body, which can lead to depression. And it also decreases the strength of your immune system. So I just thought that that was so interesting. And obviously this ties directly to the postpartum stage because you are waking up multiple times throughout the night to feed or soothe your baby and your sleep is constantly interrupted. So they found in the study that there were certain things that could help you if you're in this situation, if you're someone that's having their sleep interrupted. So they found that things like yoga, meditation, or even Tai Chi, I think that's how you say it, can help reverse some of the inflammation cycles that cause depression. And again, I just thought that that was fascinating. And obviously, Tai Chi, if you've never done it before, could be a really, could be tricky to start in the postpartum stage. But maybe doing yoga, like a very modified, simple version that wouldn't put too much strain or too much exercise involved, Um, But maybe doing some sort of simple yoga or doing some meditation exercises would be a great place. And again, it's been proven that these things help reduce that inflammation that can lead to depression and also um, struggles with your immune system. So this study is was a great reminder to me that our physical health, including how much sleep we get, also impacts our emotional health, which we know that, but can sometimes be a good reminder. So if you are someone that is worried about postpartum depression, or maybe you're experiencing postpartum depression, these types of exercises or mindfulness can really help. And then the other thing that will help is obviously making sure that you're prioritizing additional sleep during the day, since your sleep at night will be limited and interrupted, And this goes back to what we talked about last week. And just to prioritize at least one nap a day. Not just because it's nice to not feel tired, but to really prioritize it both for your physical health and for your mental health since they're so linked. And so, again, I'm just going to reiterate what I said last week in terms of make sure that you can find a way to have at least one stretch of sleep away from your baby. A time when someone else, a spouse or a partner, a parent, maybe it's a friend or a sister or a brother, whoever can, whoever can be with the baby, your baby, make sure that you prioritize some stretch of sleep throughout your day. And I was, I was in a coaching call with one of my clients um, just over about a week ago, and we were talking about how sometimes a nap sounds a little bit more overwhelming. Maybe you feel like you can't get a nap in during the day because no one's there with you at home. Um, Or maybe you don't have the additional support during those first few weeks. But is there a different time of the day that you can get a stretch of sleep rather than necessarily a nap? But maybe it's early morning, your spouse or partner takes the baby in another room and you get a few hours of uninterrupted, more quality sleep. Or maybe it's when they come home from work or school in the later afternoon and you get some sleep then. Or maybe you go to bed earlier and let your spouse or partner keep their keep the baby with you, with them, 
while you go to bed early and get some time away from your baby where your brain can truly shut off and get more of that deeper, high quality sleep that will help decrease that inflammation in your body that they talk about in the study. And so I really just would encourage everyone to think about it that way. Not, it doesn't have to necessarily be a nap, but is there a stretch of time that you can make sure you're getting that quality sleep away from your baby for at least a couple hours? And then on top of that, nap whenever you can. <laughs> Take everyone's advice. Nap when it lines up and your baby's sleeping. And I definitely encourage that. But prioritize at some point during the day or night a time where you can really make sure that you're not being interrupted and you're getting more quality sleep. So that is the other piece of making sure you're getting better quality sleep that will also decrease the inflammation in your body that can lead to things like depression or a weakened immune system. And then multiple, multiple other studies show that a lack of sleep can cause anxiety as well, especially if you're more prone to anxiety. And this is what happened to me with my first baby. I had never really experienced a lot of anxiety before, but because I had gone so long without sleep, I pretty much didn't really sleep for about 72 hours in the hospital. (laughs) And um, you can hear more about that in my one of my earliest episodes where I share my postpartum experience. But because of that, when I came home and I continued to just have interrupted sleep all throughout the night, this really led me to a very anxious state. And it made everything I was doing so much harder. And obviously, um, if you listen to my postpartum experience, breastfeeding impacted that as well. I was That also caused some anxiety. But prioritizing sleep and getting to a better balance of sleep is really what impacted me the most and decreased a lot of my anxiety. And so, again, going back to the tips we talked about last week or last episode, things like trying to get better sleep in the hospital and prioritizing naps and pretty much all of the tips, but prioritizing those things can really help make sure to decrease that anxiety. But specifically in terms of anxiety, I want to talk about the two final tips that I talked about last week and how they relate to this. So we discussed taking a newborn sleep course ahead of time to help your baby be the best sleeper that they can be even from the beginning. And I just wanted to point out that this class, it's not just, again, it's not just nice that it will help your baby sleep and you'll get more sleep. It is nice that way, but it's going to help decrease the length of time that you are getting interrupted sleep. So you're going to be getting to that stage faster of longer stretches of sleep or sleeping through the night eventually. If you can help your baby be set up for success to learn that quicker and more easily, then you're going to move out of that phase of that interrupted sleep that causes challenges like depression, anxiety, and challenges with your immune system. So again, taking that newborn sleep class is not just nice and convenient to help your baby learn. It can literally help shorten that amount of time that you have that increased inflammation in your body. And then the other tip that we talked about at the very end of the previous episode 
was what I call intentional thoughts. And before I dive into this a little bit deeper, um, at the same week that I posted the sleep episode, um, I before I published it, I also asked on Instagram, I asked about topics that people would want to hear about on the podcast. And one that came up was how to stay sane when you are up all night, which is such a good question. And I really feel strongly how to stay sane throughout when you're up all night. I feel like it really comes back to this concept of intentional thoughts. And we talk about these a lot in postpartum coaching. I'll explain them a lot more in postpartum coaching and the power of them. But our brains are really powerful and really affect how we feel emotionally and physically a lot of the time. And I've found that in the postpartum stage, they can be so impactful and helpful. And it's basically replacing thoughts that are maybe more discouraging, more overwhelming, and replacing them with thoughts that feel very true, are very true, but are much more empowering or encouraging to yourself. And so when it comes to staying sane when you're up all night with a baby, I have really seen and really believe that this is a huge part of how you do that, how you stay sane. You give yourself intentional thoughts that you can fall back on and remind yourself of, even when you're in an exhausted state, even when you're overwhelmed with a crying baby or a hungry baby, you can fall back on these thoughts. And the key to the thoughts is that they have to feel true, like you have to believe them. And so some examples of these, and you can choose whichever like resonates with you, and there's so many options, but one of your intentional thoughts through the in the middle of the night could be, this will get better. My baby will eventually sleep through the night or for longer stretches. So that could be your fallback thought. Another one could be, I can do anything for a few months. Now, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want you to kill yourself with this one. I don't want you to do something that's unhealthy. But this has been one that has been really helpful for me lately. I, throughout my different stages of pregnancy, I've been doing this when I was really sick. And now I'm starting to, (laughs) I'm in the third trimester and I'm starting to feel really uncomfortable. And I know it just kind of gets worse from here in terms of comfortability or pain with my back or anything like that. And so this has been one that's been really helpful for me, just remembering that this, these different phases of hard things that we go through in pregnancy or postpartum, they don't last forever. They do get better. And I think it's easier for me now to remember that and to know that, that it's my third child. But it also can be applicable for you, whether this is your first child, second, third, however many, to just remind yourself, I can do anything for a few months. And I'm also going to help myself get the best sleep that I can during this stage. And still prioritizing that is so important. But again, you can tell yourself during the night, I can do anything for a few months or for a few weeks. Another intentional thought is that we talked about last week. And my personal favorite one is I will find a way to get the sleep that I need. Hold yourself to that. Remind yourself in the middle of the night, I will find a way to get the sleep that I need and then find a way (laughs) during the day or make a plan to make sure that you are getting the sleep that you need so that you will believe yourself in the middle of the night and remember that it's not going to last forever and you can find ways to help yourself do this. 
And a big part of that is asking for help with this one, making sure that you can ask others to help you get the sleep that you need. And so I really, I know some of this is a repeat from the previous episode, but I wanted to discuss this topic further because I wanted to make sure that we cover that the reason we need to prioritize our sleep for ourselves in this postpartum and newborn stage is not just to avoid feeling tired, though that's still a really good thing, (laughs) but it's also because a lack of sleep or interrupted sleep can affect us physically and can lead to emotional challenges like depression and anxiety. And we're going to have a whole nother uh, podcast episode where we dive deeper into postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety as diagnosed conditions. But All of us can experience some level of depression or anxiety because of a lack of sleep or because of interrupted sleep. And we can't control how often our baby wakes up, but we can find ways to set both ourselves and our babies up for the most success in sleep. And this is an area we focus on a lot in creating a postpartum plan, as well as even more in postpartum coaching. And I could help you. I can help you do this. And I would love to help you do this. I have helped other moms do this. And I have seen how it makes such a huge difference. And all these ways that we've discussed of how to prioritize sleep, how to make sure that happens, and other those other tips, we, in, po- in your postpartum plan and also in postpartum coaching, we just take it deeper and personalize it to make it something that will work with you and your specific situation. And we find ways for you to prioritize sleep and rest, even if you don't have a lot of help during the postpartum stage, even if you have toddlers, even if your spouse doesn't have parental leave, we can find the solutions that will work for you personally, I promise. All right, so I think that is everything on sleep for now. There shouldn't, I don't think there will be a part three on sleep, at least for now. Um, But if you would like to get started on a postpartum plan, even if you're already in the trenches of postpartum, maybe this is something in particular that, that you're struggling with, or maybe you know a mom who is, this is struggling, who's struggling with this. I hope that you will send this to her. And all you have to do is go for, to justformoms.com, we just sign up on a Calendly link, and let's get started. Let's help you figure out how to t- prioritize and take care of your physical needs, which in turn will affect your emotional needs, and that's just one piece of the postpartum plan, but it is a super important one. So I hope that if you're ready that you will go ahead and sign up for a time on my calendar. I look forward to meeting with you and I hope all of you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or family member who could also benefit from it. Make sure to subscribe to the Just for Moms podcast so that you can continue to learn how to take great care of yourself while taking great care of your baby. You can begin now by meeting with me to create your personalized postpartum plan. This is the first step in creating a great postpartum experience. Just head over to justformoms.com to sign up. I'll see you there.